Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to If We Could Just Say. I am your host, Stephen Ogle, and with me, as always, is my lovely wife and co-host, Jessica Gardner-Ogle. And apparently heavy breather, as this is our second intro, because I was scolded for breathing into the mic during the countdown. God, she she just breathed like she was like a, I don't know, like a horse that just got done running. A horse. I'm like, what are you doing? If I was feeling better, I'd leap from this couch and pummel you. (laughs) I welcome you to try. I said if I was feeling better. Yeah, feeling better. So uh, we did Halloween this week, folks. Uh, Our podcast released last week on Halloween. We had a good Halloween night. Had a good number of kids that came over. It was cold. It was like 40 and gloomy and there was some snow that blew through. It was just flurries, but still, I don't like it. No, me neither. Don't like it. Don't want it. No, pass. Not, not this early. Um, but yeah, uh, some cool outfits. Um, you know, kids wearing Halloween costumes. It was cool. Yes, we like to sit outside and pass out candy, but it was just cold. I have a cute sweatshirt that says, um, my boo. Oh my gosh. I'm here for the booze. No. Is that our, is that what our uh, my koozies say? Boo. My dog is my boo. Oh, okay. Okay, guys. So in full disclosure... We're recording on day three of a migraine for me. Although this is my best day, I'm feeling better. Um, I feel like sometimes my speech is slow and slurred when I'm getting over a migraine. So, yeah. So fun times. The weather has just been so crazy. Like it's it's overcast outside. It's kind of foggy. I'm surprised it's not misty out there. It's that kind of weather. Like yeah. It's just so much pressure in the atmosphere. I was doing so good with migraines, but between like the fires and the like the fires in Canada and the air quality alerts and the pressure and the sudden like it's sixty. No, it's thirty. No, it's seventy. No, it's forty. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah, the bounce back me. and forth the last week and a half have been yeah. crazy. Friday morning I woke up with a throbbing headache. I was like, This is insane. So Yeah. So I'm on the mend. Speaking of Friday, we went and helped your parents uh, cover their camper. Yeah. For the winter. Yeah. Which was fun because I I thought that I thought that your mom was going to climb up. Oh yes, anyone that knows my mom, she's just going to scamper up there. I thought it was her turn this year. Turned out I got voluntold. It's always you that goes on top of the camper for some reason. I got voluntold that it was me, so I went up there and uh, not a fan. I don't like heights, so that wasn't fun for me. Um, and I got down the as getting, soon as possible. The getting down part is funny because Steven gets nervous, mm. and he's okay getting up there. Same thing when he was on our roof over the summer. Like, both my dad and my brother were, like, guiding him down, and I could see, like, the panic on him, and I was just kind of laughing, so I stayed on the other side of the camper because I was like, this guy is ridiculous. <laughs> but I love you with all my heart. I don't like heights. I don't I like know. coming down from heights. I'll climb them all day, but the coming down part, no thank you. No, thank you. And it's funny because, like, I know a lot of people can't function, like, with a migraine to be able to do that. But for me, being outside in the cold, fresh air is, like, a slap of clarity on Mm. my brain, Mm. which is ironic because that cold, fresh air is from the atmospheric pressure that's giving me the migraine in the first place. But... But that was Friday, but Thursday we had dinner with Phil. If you guys yeah. remember Phil, um, he was a guest on our podcast over the summer, a couple episodes. He is um, a therapist, Irish, if that rings any bells. <laughs> but we went over to um, Berkeley where he's at, and we had dinner with him and a friend of his and just hung out and talked, and it had been so long. I was like, when is the last time we did this? And we got fish from a local legion. So you know that means it's during Lent when all the legions and stuff have fish fries. So I think it was like April, end of March, April. So I'm trying to think. The time is crazy because then he recorded with us after that, and that was in April. Yeah, I'm scrolling back to find the podcast episode right now of what when he was on. Um, if he's not able to get that right now, I'll put it in the... Um, put it in the post for this week, but that was a great time. He's so fun. Like I've, it's funny because I've, I mean, you guys know all this from his interview, but I've known him since 2007. Yeah. That's crazy to me. 16 years. That's almost half my life that I've known him. 
And we just clicked for some reason in terms of working together in more of like a, you know, familial type relationship. We've just always been close. We've always been able to joke around and I've always been able to talk to him about anything. And he's, you know, helped me with family stuff, with relationship stuff. Like he's just a great guy. So we had an awesome time. Yeah. Phil's the best. Yeah. Phil is the best. There's no... Still waiting on my invite to Ireland, but I guess I'm not no going to hold my breath for that one. No question about it. Phil is the best. And I love getting him riled up about uh, Notre Dame because oh he's a big Notre Dame fan. And me being an LSU and Tennessee fan uh, more than anything, I love to get Michigan fans riled up, Michigan State fans riled up, Notre Dame fans riled That's up. That's probably Ohio what State triggered fans. my migraine. It, yeah, it's it's. It, we it's were fun. still over there at like ten thirty at night on Thursday, and I was ready to wrap it up just because it doesn't matter where I'm at or who I'm with, or whatever. Like after ten, I'm like wrap it up. I'm ready to go, <laughs> and they're still talking, and I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, uh, I can't find what episode that is. You'll just have to put it in our post because yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know which one it is. Um, but, but yeah, yeah he's been, he's time. been on here twice. We interviewed him about uh, in Mental Awareness Month in May. Yeah. At one of the podcasts in May, and then we interviewed him. I think we put it in June. June. Yeah. Uh, I thought maybe it was July. June or I don't July. Know. But yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter if we don't know for sure. There's I think no it was a week my mom was it. in town, actually. I think we did it then. Yeah, I think we might have. So it's like the end of July or something like that. But yeah, but anyway, we've yeah. had him on here twice. Not not too big of a week. Yesterday, we were actually supposed to go see a Tom Petty cover band in Ferndale, and we just couldn't do it. I, I had some blurry vision yesterday, which is really one of the first times I've had that. That was a little startling. And then at about 5.30 last night, I felt like I opened my eyes. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, but Stephen I, was like, we're not going. Yeah, no, I just call, I put the kibosh on that and said, nope, not happening. It's um, just annoying. It, it, it's reminiscent of me being a kid. I used to get strep throat and tonsillitis all the time as a kid. And my doctor never took my tonsils out. And when I was 15, we changed doctors. And the first time I went and got strep and tonsillitis – he was like, oh, my gosh, we got to get these out. Why have these never been taken out? Wow. But when I was a kid, if it was the holiday, if it was like my sixth grade holiday party or the day everyone was bringing like Valentine's and candy to class or something to do with anything, you better believe I was sick. So like <laughs> I just feel even worse when I don't get to do something we planned. And to be honest, like I feel like the last couple months – and granted, we did go on a big trip, so maybe people won't understand this, but the last couple months have flown by. The weather is getting cold to the point where you're, like, not wanting to go out as much. But I feel like I haven't had, like, a date night with Steven in a very long time. And it's like I just wanted to, like, go out, and I wanted to get a drink, and I wanted to be at an event. And, and you know, we were supposed to go with a friend and her husband, and he got COVID. So a double date turned into just us. And then she texted me last night, have fun. And I'm like, well, actually. So we didn't even get to go. But I'm like, I just – I want – I I don't want to be hermited already for the winter. And <laughs> I want to, like, go out and do something. So we have a concert next Sunday. Hopefully we go to. Yeah. So, anyway, that's just my what yeah, was me tale. Maybe we'll go a little bit early and get some drinks before and stuff. Yeah. So, so but, you know. but anyway, I mean, all in all, weekend wasn't bad other than no. feeling awful. Yep. <laughs> and, and you had. Go ahead. I was going to say, you had to work. Yeah, I had to work. So, I haven't had to work on a Saturday morning since probably. Not since we've been together. January of 2018, I think, was the last time that I had to work on a Saturday. Okay. So it's been a long time. Yeah. Uh, but we had a site that had a, they were having a scheduled power outage. They had to replace some uh, some uh, generator equipment and stuff, so they needed to power down the whole site. So, so I did that. Um, a lot of monitoring, like hours. And it went longer. Yeah. Like, I woke up in the morning, the shutdown didn't take that long, and then I'm waiting for them. So yeah. I'm with my phone constantly checking to make sure that you know i haven't missed a message or something to turn it back on and it was supposed to only go like two or three hours but it ended up going six it, and it was like it went till three thirty. no i mean like they didn't turn the power back on until because oh, you worked like 
1.30, I think, is when they yeah, finally turned the power back on. And then I had to still wait a few more minutes because the, yeah. the batteries had all, like our ba- battery backup and stuff had been drained. I mean, so I had to wait. had a full day. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so. But, I mean, I got... I got to do other stuff while I'm waiting. I mean, I don't have to sit here at my computer and stare yeah, at my monitor. Yeah, for sure. But I had to power it down and power it back up. But it's so. not like we could go anywhere. I mean, you couldn't even take Sil for a stroll just in case, you know, so. Yeah, just in case I got a call or whatever. Yeah. But but at the same time, like, I have, I've never done a, uh, an outage like that before. So that was that was a learning. good learning experience for me, which my, uh, my buddy that I work with all the time, JV, he's the one who showed me everything to do before before it was time. You know, gave me all the information I would need to know, um, which was cool. Just for um, some context, JV is the Waldorf to Steven Statler. <laughs> if anyone's cares about that. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, good times. Yeah. But that was my Saturday. Um, and then we fall back. Yeah, we fell back. I don't know what's going on. In amongst in amongst all the, while I was waiting for stuff to happen, um uh, the WWE had a pay-per-view, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. Um, I don't have a lot of in the news because my brain just has been so foggy, but there's one thing going around that's hilarious, and I don't know if you <laughs> yeah. guys have seen it. And um, I've seen it, and I saw Kelly posted it to her story, but the thawing of Mariah Carey, hilarious. She's in, like, a block of ice on October 31st, and there's, like – guys there with like pumpkin masks on and stuff for Halloween thawing her out and she's in like her red costume <laughs> and she starts singing the high note and starts singing and the, gla- the yeah like the, the ice all shatters. I want for Christmas oh my god hilarious so more the thawing of Mariah Carey on November 1st to ring in the holiday season like props to her like who knew that that song would be what it is I mean she's a household name she because is. of that song I think we were talking about this, and I oh, think that, I think that she, with that song, surpassed what she was in the pop music industry, doing pop music. She was great in the '90s, and she was wonderful, and she could go seven octaves, and that was the whole thing. Like she could do that, you know, do those high notes, those throat whistles, is what they call them. She could do all that kind of stuff. But with All I Want for Christmas, she has surpassed anything she ever did before. Like, she's a household name because of that song. It's like something in and of itself. It's like its own Christmas category. Like, All I Want for Christmas, Mariah Carey, is like a Christmas event. Yeah. It's like like its own thing. And and even like, like I'm not a huge fan of the song, but... You're going to be hearing it. The day after Thanksgiving, I'll be in the store with you at the grocery store or whatever after Thanksgiving, and I'll hear it, and I'll be like, oh, no, no, Yeah. No, no, no. You might because, not love yourself for it, but you're singing along. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I mean, props to her. I mean, she she made a whole Christmas album, and it's, I mean, it, it it's literally done more for her than the rest of her pop career i'll post the link but you guys check it out google thawing of mariah carey if you haven't seen it it's hilarious it is pretty funny yeah yeah so good times uh what else you got in the news um baseball oh yeah yeah i'm sad because we watched we've been watching baseball for like the last three weeks through the playoffs and now it's over and i'm uh, last night i was like i wish there was some baseball i I love baseball but baseball playoffs are another level so congrats rangers the rangers won their first world series um the interesting thing about their run in the postseason this year is that they went undefeated on the road yeah they set a record for most games won on the road in the playoffs they clobbered those balls I, mean, I thought, insane. honestly, so on Wednesday night, Stephen watches AEW Live, if you guys don't know, and I normally read, but I uh, wanted to watch the game, so we had the TV set up with WWE, and then we had the AEW. I- okay. And then we had the <laughs> iPad set up with the World Series, and I'm like, man, we're getting into the sixth inning. I'm like, I bet this is going to be low. There was just one run from the Rangers. I'm like, it's going to be a low one nothing game, and then, you know, I went to sleep because I'm 100 years old. And I woke up and Steven was like, no, they won, what, six? Nine to one. Oh, my God, that's crazy. Yeah, they turned around and put five runs up in, like, or no, it was six to one. Sorry, six to one, because they put five runs up in the top of the ninth. Yeah. Like, they sealed it in the top of the ninth. There was, 
Diamondbacks couldn't do anything about it. Man. But hey, props to the Diamondbacks. You made it to the World Series. I mean, at the end of the day, all you got is two teams at the World Series. One's got to win, one's got to lose. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's, winning's winning. winning. The thing is, thank you, uh, uh, Dom. Corona family. Uh, um, the thing is, is about the Diamondbacks is that their run was awesome too. Mm-hmm. Like they were a number six seed. The Rangers were a number five seed. Like those two teams yeah. should not have been in the World Series just based on record alone. That's and what they, I love about sports. And and they totally like broke everybody's bracket. Both teams did. The Diamondbacks hadn't been at the World Series in twenty years. The Rangers have been, but they haven't won. Yeah. You know and. And it was a good series. Like, the Diamondbacks just didn't have any gas left in the tank by the time they got to the World Series. They just didn't have it. Yeah, and that's happens. And that's unfortunate. Um, At least they didn't get swept. I mean, the game they won was in at Ranger Stadium. Yeah. So, exactly. I mean, they did beat Rangers at home, so that's saying something. But they turned around and then lost three at home. Yeah. You know? Uh, but, yeah, the Diamondbacks, the Diamondbacks, no slouch, man. They were doing great. Um, you know? Uh cool. But the Rangers, it was their season, man. Totally yeah. their season. They just killed them. So cool, cool. But it was a great series of games. I just wish we had more baseball to watch. Yeah. So uh, uh, we got uh, we do have football to watch, but yeah. uh, yesterday's games were all I'm wearing my Tennessee Vols shirt that I just inherited from Stephen. Yep. Uh, Tennessee squashed a team fifty something to three. Michigan beat Purdue like forty something to seven or something like. Uh, it, most of the games yesterday were squashes. I will say it was cool to see um, that Oklahoma State upset Oklahoma. I called that during college game day when they were calling the games, and we were watching our favorite comedian in the world, uh, Nate Bragazzi. Yes. Um, they were calling all the games uh, there at the end of college game day, and when they got to Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, I was like, I just feel like Oklahoma State's going to win this game, and I was right. Nice. And, and I uh, – I don't know. It's just not. It's not Oklahoma's year. Everybody thinks it is, but it's not. They have two losses now. It's not happening. Not to mention, I don't like Oklahoma. Speaking but, of Nate, Nate Bergazzi. Nate Bergazzi is Bergazzi. Apparent- We've been saying it wrong I all know. these all this time. It's Nate Bergazzi is apparently famous. Now yeah. I didn't know this. I thought <laughs> I was his number one fan, and like I didn't know. But he hosted Saturday Night Live. Yep. And then Steven was like, well, you know, because then I saw that the next week was like Pete Davidson. And I'm like, didn't Pete just host? And then Steven's like, well, you know, actors can't. And I was like, oh, that's right. And he's like, don't be taking nothing away from Nate because. But honestly, I haven't watched a full episode of SNL in years. Yeah. And it was good. There were, I mean. Overall, for a whole episode of SNL. Yep. It was good. It was good. the The opening was terrible, in my opinion. I didn't like the opening with the His Joe monologue B- with Joe Biden and the opening. Oh, that the opening, was terrible. The opening skit was not good at all. That was I wouldn't terrible. even bother watching it. I didn't laugh at all, and I was like, "Boy, if this is what this episode's going to be, this is." Gonna I be don't tough usually to watch. like the opening skits, and they're usually political like that. And I don't that I forgot about that. I didn't mind it when it was you know when it was Jimmy Fallon or Will yeah. Ferrell or. You know, Phil Hartman, like, and I know I'm dating myself by saying, you know, Phil Hartman, but I didn't mind when it was them doing political stuff because it was satire. It wasn't like they literally took what was said on TV and just put it into a skit. Like they had to write some comedy back then. Now they don't have to write the comedy. It's already there. It was way too long. The whole skit with Joe Biden on the ladder. I was like, oh, my gosh, how much longer is this going to be? And then you got the new speaker of the house coming in. That guy's obviously a Yahoo. But I'm like. This is not like this isn't even anything. Yeah. But, but then the monologue, the <laughs> monologue. Nate, it was a great episode. His comedy's hilarious. He does a whole skit as George Washington. And I feel like that. I feel like he had I feel like he wrote that. I don't know if he wrote it or not, but it sounds like something you would hear. It sounds like a bit he would do in one of his stand ups. Yeah. Like he could have done that bit. Not being on SNL. No other people like he could have just done that bit. He he said on college game day when they came came time to uh, pick the Washington game he's like well on, when I hosted SNL this week I played George Washington in a skit and I feel like that's like the greatest thing I'll ever do in my whole life so I'm picking Washington yeah <laughs> I was like that's just funny uh, but, but yeah he's, I would say watch it it was funny 
Yeah, they had a couple of good skits. The Washington skit was funny. What was the other, uh, the, the Halloween skit the was Halloween funny? The Halloween trick-or-treating skit with the girl that was Fran Drescher for SAG. Yeah. And I think they did a really good, because um, people are up in arms about the costumes and no one's allowed, apparently allowed to wear Halloween costumes or whatever. And that's really not what it was. SAG was saying to those actors who were on strike, don't represent the studios that we're striking against in your Halloween costumes. Yeah. It wasn't about what kids can wear and stuff like that. And little kid, it was about the people who are striking. Cause it's a bit paradoxical to say I'm striking against you, but I'm going to represent a movie you made. Yeah. So, like don't dress up as Mickey mouse when yeah. they're, they're striking against yeah, Disney. Exa- like, I mean, that's valid. That yeah. makes sense. But she gave a good example of, just like a thing she said about SAG and she's like, you see all those, how you want to go trick or treating at all those expensive houses over there and those big mansions with all those billionaires eating all those big king size Kit Kat bars. And all we're saying over here is break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. And yeah. I'm like, that's literally all they're asking for. Yeah. Just like with the writers. It's just, they want their fair share because yeah. the most of the actors and actresses aren't to the actors and actresses that make the millions and millions of dollars. Those are your stars. Think about how many other actors and actresses are in a movie aside from your four main people. Those are the people that need to live. Yeah. So. Um, but they're, speaking of uh, that and the, uh, the strikes and whatnot, uh, there is, uh, so we're on Sunday. So by the time Tuesday comes around, this could technically be old news because it'll either be uh, signed off on or not. Um, but apparently, uh, the, the major studios met on Saturday with SAG and they, uh, they, they met for less than two hours and the guild is now reviewing what is, what it says studios called their quote, best last and final end quote offer. First of all, that attitude alone would make me not want to take it. And second, if they reject it, what happens? I don't know. Um, but there is somebody, uh, uh, the person uh, whose article I'm reading here from The Wrap says, uh, full de- v- details about the plan have not been made public, but an insider with knowledge of today's talks include uh, full protections regarding the use of so-called AI technology, as well as a 100% hike in compensation on high-budget streaming productions for both episodic television and feature films. I'm curious as to what so-called AI means. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of language that I would need expanded upon in concrete words because I feel like that's a slippery slope of language. Oh, it's... We are in a a time, and we have been for well over, you know, two decades now, but we're in a time where lawyers run the world. And as much as I hate lawyer speak and I hate legalese and all that kind of stuff... You have to have a lawyer to read this stuff to make sure that all those loopholes are closed. Yeah. Because if you don't, like, this is a contract that's going to be probably another 15 years, which I think is a mistake. That I think, long, it, yeah. if anything, if anything, the contract that I signed wouldn't be any more than two or three years. Well, you, because technology changes way too fast. They're going to be in the same situation they're in right now. Exactly. And, and they'll be in that situation in three years because the technology is rapidly changing. Yeah. I mean, we're in a we're in a point now where every major place has their own streaming service. Yeah. How long before cable TV is not what it used to be, and it's all going to those streaming services I instead? Mean, we got your mom. Yeah. Your mom doesn't even have cable anymore. She has YouTube TV. Yep. That's like the other generation getting into all of this stuff. So. Yeah. So I I I, I don't know how long. I don't, like I said, the details aren't out, and it's just a rumored insider with knowledge. So who knows? This could be completely shut down by the time we air our podcast on Tuesday. But I found it interesting that that was the talk this yeah. morning on, on the news for that. Uh, speaking of uh, talk and rumors, I have a couple of things. Um, one one is not a rumor. I'll start with not a rumor, but comments by Stellan Star Skarsgård. Um, he was asked, he, he, he was in, uh, the Marvel films. He was in Thor. He was in Avengers. He's oh, the scientist. Yeah. He's a scientist guy who helps yeah. out Thor in the Thor movie and, uh, Natalie Portman's character. Oh my God. Yeah. I was yeah. trying to place w- what, duh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. In the second Thor movie, he runs around naked in front of Stonehenge. Yes. It's great. Hilarious. Uh, but anyways, so he provides a response to the question, 
What are your thoughts on superhero movies? Because Martin Scorsese has been in the news for trashing superhero movies and saying they're not real movies and all this kind of stuff, and nobody's there for that. And Quentin Tarantino has talked about superhero movies and how nobody goes to see the actors. They go to see the character and how it's not real movies. So, like, that sort of thing. So here's what he said. He said, I've got nothing against superhero movies. I've been in a couple, and they definitely have a place. The problem is the system that allowed eight people to own half the wealth in the world enhances the power of the market forces, so small and independent cinemas rarely exist anymore outside of a few big cities. There's no distribution channels for all the mid-budget films that have the best actors, the best writing, because they can't throw up $3 million in marketing for a campaign. When cinemas let them in, they do so for one week, and if it doesn't pay off, then they're gone. Then he gives an example. The Godfather opened in 100 cinemas in the United States. Big films now open in 4,000, and they have small ads in New York and for The Godfather. Mm-hmm. That's how they grew it. They put small ads in, in the New York Times and grew it because it was such a good film. People's opinion had no, have no chance anymore because the film's only given a week. Yeah. And then he ends with, I think that we should have Marvel films and more roller coaster films. We should have other films. And that's the sad thing. When market when raw market forces come in, studios being run by companies that don't care if they're dealing in films or toothpaste so long as they get their 10% in return. When AT&T took over Time Warner, it immediately told HBO to become lighter and more commercial. They were always making money, but not enough for an investor. Yeah. And that's the interesting statement out of everything he said. He makes a point about HBO. And HBO, like, they had quality over quantity. Yeah. I think his comment is spot on. And I think I've said something similar in the past to where it's like, I don't hate the superhero movies, but I'm so sick of them. I'm sick of feeling like that's all there is. I'm sick of feeling like that is the only movies out there. They're in your face. They're everywhere. And I think back to that Parasite movie. Like, where would that have ran? Where would, like, all of these other movies are in the theaters for so little time. There was a movie I wanted to see over the summer. I can't remember what it was called. But it was in and out of the theater. I was like, I don't even have a chance to see it. If it's not a big budget blockbuster. I do think that there is something to be said, too, about... I, I don't love Martin Scorsese's comments. I don't think it's necessary to be negative like that. Like, there's no reason. There is room for everybody, but it's back to the CEO and billionaires and what they're saying, just like he said. But there is a lot to be said for them going to see the characters over the actor. It doesn't matter who plays Captain America. People are going to go and see it. Yeah. So, yes, Chris Evans did a great job, but as an actor, I feel like there'd be part of me that's like, all right, but I want some, like, media roles where I'm playing a unique character as well. I can't just spend my entire career playing Captain America knowing that if they put somebody else in the role, that somebody else would just be just as big playing it. And, you know, the thing is, is that you mentioned, you know, Chris Evans playing Captain America. He played that character until he felt like it was over. Yeah. And they closed it well. And then he's moved on. He started doing other things. And the they're actors. Uh, some of them want to do what Jensen Eccles and Jared Padalecki did and be on Supernatural and do 15 seasons. Some of them want to do what uh, the lady who plays Grey in Grey's Anatomies and be on there for 15 seasons and do over and do over 300 episodes. Some people like to do Days of Our Lives and do three, you know, 600 episodes. That's what some people like to do. But there are other people. Look at Robert Downey Jr. Mm -hmm. If he was still stuck to playing Iron Man. He would have never been an Oppenheimer. And that dude's up for yeah. gonna be up for an Oscar this but year. But that goes to one of your rumors that you heard that Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. signed another contract with Marvel. And it's like, first of all, I hope that's not the case because I think they're done playing those roles. But the flip side is that contract could be for anything. It could be for like in the past footage, like memory footage. It could be for like anything. 
So I don't know, but I think you're right about that. Miss Robert Downey Jr. missing the opportunity to be an Oppenheimer would have been horrible because he was great in that movie. Yep. But it's like even Oppenheimer being as big as it was is mainly thanks to who directed it. How many other films out there have that possibility but not that big name attached to them and there's nowhere for them anymore? I used to go. There was a theater in Royal Oak called, oh my gosh, now I can't remember, but it was like Royal Oak uh, Main Art Theater. It showed smaller movies. I went and saw foreign films there, things like that. It's gone now. It left right after the pandemic because they were struggling before. Yeah. And then after that. So That's probably the theater I went and saw Crazy Heart in and saw the director. Did it's it, probably it's on Main, Main Street in yeah. Royal Oak, yeah. And yeah. now behind it is a giant Imagine Theater. Yeah. So. Um, and, and, like, you know, Chris Evans, after he left Captain America, he did Knives Out. Yeah. And he was great in yep. Knives Out. He did the movie uh, with the Russo the brothers. Uh, yeah, The Gray Man. He did that, and he was fantastic in it. So the thing is, like Scarlett Johansson, like she's she's moved away from Marvel, obviously, because they, they killed off her character. Uh, and, you know, it's like the rumors of them coming back, while, while early MCU Marvel story and movies were great because there was a lot of continuity and it made sense and it was good, all the way up through... I would say up through uh, Spider-Man Far From Home when you were dealing with the fallout from Endgame from Tony Stark dying. All the way up to there, it was great. But if any of those actors, their character passed away, I honestly, in in all truth, being a huge nerd that I am, I don't want them to come back. I think Cap Cap had a beautiful send-off. To bring Cap back would tarnish... The him and Peggy yes. send off. Tony Stark was killed. I'm, so I'm, what are we going to do? We're going to bring him back from the dead? Do you know how many more characters and people that you could have? You don't need to bring him back. The only the only analogy that I can make is Michael Jordan in 1998 in the finals against Phoenix. His fadeaway jumper, his arm in the air with the last you know few seconds on the clock. And he makes it nothing but net and his arms in the air. And I went, that dude's walking off. Riding off into the sunset. What happened? He came back two years later and started playing for the Wizards in, in Washington. And it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. He still did stuff at his age that he should not have been able to do because it's Michael Jordan. But it tarnished what he did as Michael Jordan with the Bulls. Yeah. Because now there's footage of him playing after that fadeaway jumper with his arm in the air saying, sayonara, I'll see you later. I'm out of here. I got six rings. I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't agree with you, but I'm more in the vein of agreeing with you. I think when things are done, they're done. It's like people didn't like the way Seinfeld ended. That's fine. But, and Seinfeld could have gone on for more years, but Jerry Seinfeld was like, we're done. Yeah. This is it. We're done. We are number one we're doing great but we're done and they ended it now also in regards to marvel um there are rumors swirling around and once again the last thing with downey jr and chris evans it's a rumor i don't have any true evidence everybody's just talking talking rumor at this point uh the other rumor is is that they Everyone seems to think, or many people seem to think, that Marvel is going to move away from Jonathan Majors and Kang. I think that's a huge mistake. I one billion percent think it's a huge mistake because he's already, already, like, been found not guilty in a court. Like, and not to mention he had tons of friends that were at the place when it happened and said, no, he was calling because he felt she was in danger to herself and other people. Yep. So like he has been like backed up and proven that he did not do anything wrong. Also, but he is a fantastic ph- actor. Phenomenal. His his part in the Loki series has been amazing. Like absolutely like I can't take my eyes off the screen because I haven't seen an actor this good in so long. Like he reminds me stage actor. So he brings so much more to the role. Yes. But he reminds me of a younger Brad Pitt when Brad Pitt was playing in like 12 monkeys and fight club. Like he's that kind of actor on that kind of tier right now. And it's, it's so fun to watch. Um, And he has so much potential with Kang the conqueror with him having so many different versions of him for him to play where he can just, I don't know, just play in a sandbox and do what he wants to do. Like, it's very cool. 
Uh, so I hope they don't get rid of him. Um, and the other the other rumor is is that um, last year they op- when they op- released all of their big announcements for all their movies coming through 2025. They announced in all of that they the last movie they announced was Avengers: Secret Wars, and that is supposedly going to be the end of this version of the MCU that we know with all of these actors and actresses. Of which I hope that's the case, because what makes a role iconic is when you have other people to play it. James Bond. James Bond. Yeah. Uh, we watched Solo with somebody else playing Han yeah. Solo. Um, we've had we've had. Chris... Wasn't well, that the whole conversation too on like Indiana Jones? Batman. Indiana Jones. Batman's a perfect example of Skarsgård's comment of people come for the character over the actor. Yes. There's been tons of Batmans. Horrible Batmans, great Batmans, but you still keep coming back every time. You come back every time, and it makes for good conversation. Mm -hmm. It makes for, uh, like, literally, like, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. There are people that absolutely love the Batman and love Robert Pattinson. They are blind. There are tons of people that love... Christian Bale. There's tons of people that love Val Kilmer. There's most of us. Keaton, baby. Michael Keaton. You can like more than one Batman. You can. I love Keaton. Keaton will forever have my heart, but I like Ben Affleck shockingly. Yes. And the thing is, is that that's what does that. So if, if Marvel, if this rumor, which I hope is true, that Secret Wars is the end, I would love to see a newer story with a younger person playing a Cap or playing an Iron Man or playing a Black Widow, but not necessarily those characters being the forefront of everything going forward. You have the chance to give us a Black Panther that's the the lead, to give us a a Captain Marvel that that wants to be there now, because unfortunately... you can tell Brie Larson doesn't want to be in the spotlight anymore because everybody is so toxic towards her well, because of her character. Two, I think it gives them a chance to dial it back. Yeah. Because they have completely oversaturated us with everything to the point where, like, honestly, it's I so don't want to go see anything with you anymore. I am so sick of these movies. I don't want to go. If I see another Marvel movie in this year, it'll be too soon. And it'll be the 14th because I'm already going to one. But I don't want to go. But I don't want you to have to go by yourself. But that's the last Marvel thing that we're going to get until like May of next year. Fantastic. You didn't tell me that. Yeah, there's not anything coming. Oh my between god, I can make that sacrifice. Yeah, like maybe March or something, but like it's a long time before another movie comes, and and it should be yes. as a as a fan, yes, a, a Marvel comic book fan. Like the beauty of Phase One through Four, well, one through three and into four was the fact that there was two movies a year, yeah, maybe three. It did. They didn't oversaturate, and they told stories. That all connected together, well, which we I, compl- some people complained about in the beginning of like, oh, I got to see this movie to see this movie. But the thing was, is that it was compelling storytelling. Well, yeah, and when it's spaced out, and like I, I have high hopes for that moving forward, especially with, well, not a rumor, but Daredevil. Daredevil, yes. they have scrapped everything they've done. They've scrapped the staff. They've scrapped everybody, and they're starting over. Yes. And I feel like, okay, thank you. I'm you know, sorry to people who are no longer on it. But as a viewer, I hope that means that you're like, okay, we're starting over because we have this blank canvas. We have the ability to do this well now. Like they had filmed a couple of episodes, and Kevin Feige didn't like what he saw. He's like, this is not what I want. I want gritty. I want yeah. raw. So he replaced everybody. He brought in directors that directed and wrote on Loki. He brought in the showrunner from Punisher, which if that doesn't tell you how gritty it's going to be, I don't know what to tell you because Punisher was amazing. Punisher was so good. And I love Punisher because that's not, that does not marvel to me. That's like a pissed off dude. And I'm talking about John Barenthal's Punisher. For those of you that may have not watched the Netflix Punisher, it's not, it's on Disney Plus. I recommend it highly. Uh, but yeah, so they brought in some people that worked on some shows that are very successful for Marvel, both on Netflix and on Disney. And I, I feel like I have more, I have more hope for Daredevil now yeah. because they well, are. I, never, bring- I always thought the character of Daredevil was a little bit of a just a sap. The thing was, is that it was still at the end of the day, 
Netflix had the say. Yeah. Now, granted, they kept it gritty and they kept it raw, and I thought I, I, I liked that a lot. Um, but I think when Kevin Feige is in charge of the story, I think the story has a chance. Yeah, I think agree. we have a chance of getting something that's going to be really good. Um, also, on a side note, as we have mentioned uh, uh, shows and whatnot, and we didn't put this in our notes, but uh, Matthew Perry passed away this yes. week at 54 years of yeah. age. What a shocker. Yeah. He was, so, he, you know, he struggled a lot and he overcame so much and I, he was such a great actor. Chandler was my favorite Absolutely. on Friends. Chandler was my favorite. When they put Chandler and Monica together for the the perfect pairing that no one saw coming and no one even knew they wanted, like, I loved it. But Matthew Perry is a hilarious actor. I watched most of the shows that he did after that. Um it was great. They were, I liked him. So I watched it. The show may not have been that great, but I liked it. Um, Studio 60 was Stu- great. Studio 60 and the that sunset did not strip. Get, it oh. didn't, man, it should have been more. It should have been seasons like West Wing. Yeah. Studio 60 and the sunset strip was the best show that he yeah. was on after friends. Yeah. He did another show where he was like part of like a therapy group Mr. or Sunshine. something. That was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that Jared watched just about everything that was that was Matthew Perry. Anybody yeah. in Friends, he gave all of their shows a it's, chance. It's a loss, so our condolences for sure. Yeah, I, that was tough. And I messaged Jared because I was like, dude, I don't know if this is real, but it seems to be What's, because everybody's reporting it. I was like, but dude, I, uh, Matthew, Matthew Perry died. That's like, the worst thing right now. People post so many celebrity hoax deaths and things like that. Like, yep. It's so disrespectful. It's so awful. Like, Could you imagine being full? alive and reading something that you're actually that someone people think you're dead like we first saw that my brother sent it to me I'm like is he really I don't know I looked up one thing it said it's a hoax but then I was like all right everybody is saying so yeah it's a, it's a weird it's a weird life a celebrity life yeah and I, I did see that several of the cast members they got together uh the cat the, the main cast they all got together and they released a statement and their statement was pretty much, you know, like the condolences thing. But they were like, we're not ready to talk about this. This is too heavy. Yeah. And, you know, give us some time and we'll talk about it in due time. My mom did tell me that she read that Lisa Kudrow is adopting his dog, which I think is awesome. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So big, big loss take a, yeah. for for Hollywood and, and acting. Um, but the good thing is, is that he did Friends and it'll be with us forever. Yeah. We can always put on friends and watch and see the the joy of of what his acting was, which he was the, he was the best character. On yeah, there. and Chandler you mentioned Lisa Kudro. Yeah, she was the second best yeah. in my opinion. I love, I love Phoebe. Phoebe was great, but uh, but yeah. So that's uh, that's that. I think we got uh, our members left. Yeah. All right. So, um, <clears throat> I'm gonna try to hit these. I already moved a few off to next year because we got way too many. Yeah. Um, which we're going to be doing, uh, we're going to be changing this up a little bit later, the the format here in a few episodes of the podcast, but this is uh, what we're sticking with for today. Yeah. All right. So uh, first up, this is all basically second week in November anniversaries uh, from 2000, a band that I've mentioned several times that uh, this is a band that got me into heavy metal music. Uh, Bruce, uh, uh, Ricky's brother-in-law got me into them. Living Sacrifice, mm. The Hammering Process. I have this on vinyl. 23 years old. It's insane to me because I remember hearing this in 2001 when I first moved to Michigan. So when I listen to this, it takes me back to my my origins in Michigan. Um, but I, I love it, man. It is it is the best metal album of all time, mm. in my opinion. So I highly recommend listening to it. Um, from 1971, 52 years old. Led Zeppelin Four, ladies nice. and gentlemen. Nice. Stairway to Heaven. Yeah. Man. 50... You either love it or you hate it. That one. It, I, I, it's ebbed and flowed. It's yeah. it's like Freebird to me. Like mm-hmm. there was a time when I didn't like. Well, well, I was like, oh my gosh, this song. And then I go through it, and I'm. It's Bohemian Rhapsody. It's yeah. one of those type of songs. Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah, it's where you you have ebbs and flows. Yeah. Like, at least I do, anyways. Where some yeah. days I'm just like I skip, and then some days I'm like, oh yeah, and I'm climbing the stairway. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, an artist that we like, Luke Combs. What you see is what you get. Yeah, good album. His first one. Four years old. Um, man, what a no. That's his uh, second album. Oh. This one's for you. Is the oh, first album. Oh, that's right. I'm what sorry. you see is what you get. Is uh, beer ain't uh, beer never broke my yeah. heart. Great song. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Luke Combs. He's honky tonk country. Love so it. if you want, yeah, honky tonk country. He's your man. Yep. Uh, fifty year anniversary from nineteen seventy three, Piano Man by Billy Joel. Mm, and I will yeah. admit, I did not listen to that this week, but I did listen to Piano Man, and that's my favorite Billy Joel song of yeah. all time. Like I grew up on Billy Joel, so I probably heard every song on there. But I like we didn't start the fire. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Ryan started the fire. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, from 1993, 30-year anniversary. I, I just, I, I'm, it's insane to me that this album's 30 years old. It is uh, one of, if not the greatest hip-hop album of all time, Enter the Wu-Tang, 36 Chambers, The Wu-Tang Clan. Mm. I, uh, when I went through my divorce and I started getting into the gym, I went to the library and I got this album and then I listened to it. I think every day for like two or three months in the gym, like between this and listening to my cousin Zach's um, album, uh, pain dealt by the Bible belt. Like I, I listened to those two albums in the gym. Probably if it wasn't dubstep, it was those two albums. And I just kept going back to like 36 chambers is such a good album. These guys, it's their first album and it was just different. Yeah. It's not like anything else. And they um, they attribute their styles to being like martial arts styles. I was telling Jess about this, and I think this is kind of cool. It had ODB in it, Oh Dirty Bastard. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they, tre- they basically said that his style was kind of like the drunken master martial arts style. And I... Every time I hear him now, I'm like, yeah. Like, if you've ever seen Jackie Chan's Drunken Master, which I, I know you haven't seen it, and that's no. something we should watch. Uh, it It's fantastic because he's – it's hard to hit a guy who's drunk and doing martial arts, but it's a style. Yeah. Because it's not – there's a different flow to it and stuff, and that was ODB. Um, but, man, uh, 36 Chambers, fantastic album. Enter the Woo. Love it. Um, Taylor Swift had two albums that came out in November 1 in 2017 – and one in 2008, Reputation and Fearless. I liked Fearless. I remember listening to that when it came out. Is Fearless the one that has the song Steven on it? Yeah. Yeah, that I was awkward so. for me. She even spelled it like me. It was awkward the first time I heard it. I was like, ooh, I don't know I don't know how I feel about this was song. Was it about you? Did you guys date? You're <laughs> both from the South. You're both from Tennessee. I mean, it's. I mean, I guess it's possible in another life we might have da- dated and then, you know, her... Uh, her counterpart over in another universe yes. gave it to her. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Um, also from 1973, man, Bruce Springsteen, The Wild, The Innocent, and The East Street Shuffle. Mm, I love Bruce Springsteen. That's his second album. It has my favorite Bruce Springsteen song on it, Rosalita. Mm-hmm. I love it. My dad got this. It was one of the first CDs he bought when we got a CD player um, in the 90s. And, uh, man, I just, I, I fell in love with it. It's only yeah. like nine songs, but it's just, such, it's just such a good I album. I just love his writing, his playing. Like you could just shuffle all the Springsteen songs and just enjoy. Yep. yep. He's, I haven't listened to him in a while. He always writes for the working man and I love it. Yeah. You know? Yep. Um, Jay-Z, the blueprint volume two, the gift and the curse. Mm-hmm. This was two, a uh, story of two albums that had, uh, two different kind of styles to it, produced by two different, uh, you know, two different groups of people. Um, the cool thing was, is that on one song, he featured Notorious B.I.G. Um, and he used um, one of Notorious B.I.G.'s like rap lyric verses from Notorious's album "Ready okay. to Die." Cool. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Like That's he, like the only line I know. He gets that from Biggie onto his song at the end of his song. And the first time I heard it, like, I got chills. It's that good. It's so good. Because you just, you don't expect that it's coming and that it happens. And you're like, oh my gosh. And like, it just, it, I don't know. It's just a, it's just a, a, a flood of excitement hearing yeah. it. Love it. Very cool. Um, a, a, a band that Jess woke up singing the song to this morning. I'm going to buy Las Vegas after this. No, role. I didn't. I'm going to buy Las Vegas after this. I woke this up with role. Last Come Christmas on, seven, in my seven, head. Seven. 
And so he started singing that to get it out. Little Silk Sonic, An yep. Evening with Silk Sonic. If you've not listened to Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack to Silk Sonic, I talked about it last year uh, at, for our end of the year awards. It is a really good album. It is absolutely fantastic. It's unique. It stands out. Yep. Like, yeah. And I, and it's one of those things that I, 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 I hate to say it, but I hope they don't make another album. I know, right? I was just thinking that. I was just going to say... I wish they'd make another album, and then I stopped myself because I was like, I kind of don't. I don't want everything to have a sequel. I'm I'm going to make this comparison, and I don't make this comparison lightly. It's the Big Lebowski of music. Oh. Don't don't do Whoa, another one. Oh, people, you have no idea what don't that, that do is. Don't do another one. It is amazing. Do yeah. a tour for it. Do an anniversary tour for it. That whatever. would be fun. But don't do another album because like this one is 70s. perfect. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That would be so cool. Because this album is perfect so how many more you got uh, i got three more real quick uh three doors down away from the sun i believe that's their second album 21 years old okay uh for any three doors down fans which obviously they were great in 2002 if we listen to 89x chris stapleton's starting over is three years old now which is crazy to me because i came out listen to that bring a tissue Oh, Maggie's man. song is more than I can handle. Oof, boy, it's tough. Great album, starting over the title track. I was ready for it. When he's I heard got, that song, I was like, I cannot wait for this he's album. He's got a new album coming out this Friday the 10th. Yep, called Higher. That Steven originally told me was coming out this past Friday, so I was mm. very excited, and it didn't come out. But I have listened to the three singles that have been released so much so that I know them all and think they're on previous albums when they're playing. <laughs> so I'm very, very excited for this album to come out. Yeah. Um, the last one on the list is uh, number 13 for the week. Ahoy EP by the Punch Brothers. Mm. The cool thing about this is they do a cover called Icarus Smickerus by McClutsky. I saw Punch Brothers in Chicago. And they did this song to end the show. And I didn't know that it was a song that they had not written. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. And it is fantastic. I cool. then found out that it was done by McCluskey, and I went and listened to McCluskey. And McCluskey sounds kind of like a rage band. Like the song kind of sounds like Rage Against the Machine. And when you listen to that and then turn around and listen to the Punch Brothers, it's so cool. I'm shocked that you didn't have me do that because I'm very intrigued over here by that. Yeah, like I completely forgot about it. Yeah, but yeah, and they also do a cover of a guy named Josh Ritter, "Another World" or uh, sorry, "Another New World." Mm. Um, fantastic, absolutely one of the coolest songs as far as a story writing perspective. You can visually see the story and the lyrics, um, and it's it's something that I really like about the Punch Brothers, but Josh Ritter wrote this song, and he's got his own version of it. Nice. Um, but they they cover it well. They nice. give their own spin to it, um, but, man, it's brilliant. So, uh, But, yeah, uh, Ahoy by Punch Brothers. One final music note. It's not an anniversary, but... The last Beatles song yes. has come out, Now and Then. Yes. Um, we watched the video for it on Apple and a short, like, 12-minute documentary on the making of it. So cool. Like, it's so cool. It's a song that John Le- that Yoko Ono sent to them back in the 90s that John Lennon just was on playing piano. Yep. And they tried to finish it in the 90s, but it just never worked out technology-wise. And then after Peter Jackson did all of his Beatles stuff, he created software that could separate voice and music, which was one of the big issues was them pulling out John's voice against the piano. The piano was always too loud. Yep. And they were able to do it, and they're all on it because they had a session with everyone but John back in the 90s, so even George is on it. and. Yeah. It's a legitimate Beatles song that they're all playing on. The the cool thing is is that they they did this song at the same time they did Free as a Bird. Yeah. Because John Lennon had three songs that Yoko Ono like had mm-hmm. that he recorded on like a cassette deck. And so that's all they had was a cassette tape version of it. And um basically they released Free as a Bird. They did the other song, which I can't think of the name of it right now. It's it slipped my mind. Um, but they couldn't get now and then. Mm-hmm. They couldn't get it right. And they re- they went through and did, uh, you know, guitar stuff with George Harrison. They did all this stuff, but they just couldn't get those vocals right. So they left it. 
And then, as she just said, Peter Jackson, when he created the software, so Ringo came in after that and redid drums and stuff. And so you have 1990, well, it would have been the 70s for John Lennon, 1994, and then you have 2020, I think they got together in 2002, 2002, and then in 22. So you have four separate years that are separated in four different decades that are all input into this song and it's all original Beatles but you got generational and then they put together this music video that's just beautiful super cool with all of them and honestly it's a good song yeah like I almost like teared up watching this whole thing because it was just like so wait I thought you told me that you didn't tear up at all no because I have a cold heart Oh, okay. yes. Got thank it. you. My apologies. I may I misspoke. Yep. Okay. But it's a good song and it sounds like a Beatles song and it just, it sounds right. It's nice. So they did the thing. Um, and obviously these two bands don't talk, but Blink-182 did the music video for One More Time. And it's the same sort of thing with the music video showing old pictures of them and old clips of them when yeah. they're younger and all through the years. And I felt the same way watching the Beatles as I did watching Blink-182, except with Blink-182, I was like, I've watched these guys grow up with the Beatles. Yeah. I was like, man, I've watched their latter years. Yeah. Um, and I will say for me, watching the Beatles, it was the tough part for me was seeing George Harrison because he's my favorite Beatle. Mm. Being a guitar player, like George, George Harrison was phenomenal. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. Underrated. Doesn't get talked about enough. The dude was just insanely talented and when you listen to the guitar solo that they put on there that he recorded for now and then like like her like i sat there i was like tearing up i was like it's so cool it's just so beautiful and like and to hear like paul mccartney he's like this is actually a beatles song we're all on it like this is yep it's all them there's nobody else it's the four of them on this song and we do album anniversaries every week, and there's a lot of bands that I talk about. There's bands I, I talked about Silk Sonic having the perfect album. If it wasn't for the Beatles, we wouldn't have album anniversaries. Yeah. We wouldn't have all these bands that we like. The Beatles are arguably the greatest band of all time, and they influenced everybody. Yep. And it's just cool that in 2023... They're going to influence another generation with just one song. Yeah, very that cool. one song is going to be famous thirty years from now. Mm-hmm. People are going to be talking about now and then and how it changed them and how it got them to write this and do this and go yep. play piano and do this. And that is that's what I love about music. That's yeah. why I have so many albums in the album anniversaries, and I don't want to skip them. And I end up rambling too much and talking because I could I could do a whole podcast. I on end just up music. giving the wrap up. I motion. love music. I could lose my computer. I could lose the TV and never get them again. But if I've got a CD player or a record player or a way to play music, that's what I'm going to do. Um, she just gave me the sign for the fact that I didn't mention WWE in the pay-per-view. And while the Crown Jewel was fun and they were in Saudi Arabia, uh, I'm just going to say that it was fun and uh, we, we've reached the end. And we just don't have time for it today. Okay. Well, I was, was giving you the option to have time, but it, it was, I don't feel like anything really, I don't feel like anything really stood out to you. And maybe because you were working and you didn't get to like focus on it but yeah i don't know i feel um, like i guess i guess the biggest thing that i can say that i took away from it is that john cena came back to the wwe for two months and did this run for two months and during that time he put over three young four younger talent and got yeah. them to the next level grayson waller who's a new guy come up from nxt he helped get him over he helped get over la night Mm-hmm. and he helped get over the Usos, which for a while I considered them one, even though they're separate. And then at Crown Jewel, he put over Solo Sokoa. He's, John Cena time. knows the business. He knows, like he lost that match, but the crowd still cheered for him like he won that match. Yep. And that's a testament to him and his knowledge in the business, his athleticism, his personality, his character, everything. So. That was probably the coolest part. Yeah, and I I feel like that for those of us that watch John Cena all these years, these 20-plus years, um, we saw greatness 
of which we won't see for a very long time. And it's weird because you can't see him. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Um but yeah, he is uh, he's always been on another level on the mic, in the ring, um his character, the way he acts inside and outside of the he, business, he's just on another level and, like, and it's going to be missed. Without the actor strike, he probably wouldn't have been there because no, he'd he would be have making been a movie. making movies and making peacemaker and doing all that stuff. So it's interesting what he did with his time. And he sort of gave back. He gave back he gave back to the Usos, to Solo Sokoa, to LA Knight and Grayson Waller. Yeah. And LA Knight and Solo are going to benefit yeah. way more than anybody else. Yeah. I mean he helped catapult LA Knight to that next level. And also Roman Reigns did in the main event, of which Roman Reigns still has the title. But he got L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight got over. Yeah. And that's what matters in the business. When you are, it's it's not always about the win and loss. It's about butts and seats and whether or not you get over with the fans. Yeah. And Solo made an impact against John Cena, and John Cena made it, made it worth it. The match yeah. was good. Mm-hmm. Best match on the show was John Cena and Solo. Like, watching that, I was just like, I'm watching what John Cena's doing, all the little bitty things. And I was like, he knows this business so well. So, yeah. I mean, there was other matches, but uh, that's that's really the highlights for that pay-per-view. Cool. Well, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Like, listen, subscribe, share, give us feedback. Tumblr, WordPress, if you can just say 918 at gmail.com. Talk to us. Yeah. Leave us some reviews. Yeah. yeah. A little low night for you. Yeah. Uh, I believe that's all we can say this week. Bye, y'all. Cool beans, dude. Okay, is this our test? We're testing. Oh, this is our test. This is our test. Oh, my gosh. Not then, now. Oh, Well, my now then, God. but now. I'd make it stop. Still then. But not then, then, but just then, but now. And good day.